time to get you set up for all the weekend's betting action across the sports world. It's BetQL Weekend, only on the BetQL Network. All right, here we go. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, fitting in whole weekend of sports into an hour. Mutt and Fritz, Mike Manansky, WEI in Boston, Jack Fritz, WIP in Philadelphia. We will get to Jack Sixers. We will get to coming really, really close to getting really rich in the Kentucky Derby. Not us getting rich, but you folks getting rich. Oh, Jack and I making picks. A very busy show today. Uh, but, Jack, you were up late with your Phillies again last night. Congrats. It didn't blow one on a Thursday night for your show. They sure tried to, though. You know, uh, they did blow another uh, 7-1 lead on a Thursday. So, nice. two out of... Uh, I guess it's the end. My last two Thursday nights have been dealing with the Phillies blowing seven, <laughs> one leads. So, um, but to their credit, they did come back and uh, they scored two in the ninth and ended up hey, getting the job done. They, they loaded the bases in the bottom of the ninth because of course it couldn't just be seamless and easy. They always no. have to, like, like, like I just felt so demented sitting there at 1 30 in the morning i felt like i was having a heart attack like i really did it was like what like what what is wrong i made a pot of coffee at like 11 my heart's like pounding and then i started thinking like this is a regular season game in may and i know it's been 11 seasons since the play since you know playoff game i could not imagine what playoff baseball is like since i haven't experienced it in my uh in my 20s uh, that was wild. We will get to some baseball thoughts uh, later on the show. We'll get to Jack has a betting uh, a bet that he made. He wants to know from us and from you guys out there if it was a good bet or a bad bet. But we'll start with what the entire world talked about for a span of 24, 48 hours. That's the NFL schedule. And like I get it. It's totally Jack empty calories, right? It just comes out. We talk about it. It means nothing. But as a kid, and I'm older than you, so you may not be able to relate. But around Christmas time, they have these things called newspapers, right? And in these newspapers at Christmas, you would get the big like Toys R Us catalog and all the toys are in there for Christmas. So you go through and look and circle what you want. I want this from Santa. And it's, you weren't going to get everything, but it was just viewing it all at once. That's how I view the NFL schedule. It's the Toys R Us catalog that you get right at Christmas time. I admit we talked about it for four hours on the radio last night. I'm into the week one lines. I'm into the Patriots schedule. I bought in completely. Fritz, are you a big NFL schedule guy, May 12th, 2022? It's one of my favorite sports radio days of the year. Like, yeah. we get, it's funny because everyone gets so mad. They get so mad about win-loss and break it down. But the funniest part is, like, I'm sure on your show, I'm sure whatever, like, you you start win-loss as, like, a bit. Like, you, you, yeah. you're like, ah, we'll, we'll mess around. And then, like, you get through the first five games, you're like, all right, but seriously, they should be at least two and two <laughs> heading into, like, so I just love how it's always – yeah, this is stupid, but also we get really, really into it. It's how I feel about mock drafts. Like, I'll read every mock draft. I don't care. Like, I, I have fun doing that, and I love schedule release day, and it just gets us thinking about football in May. Yeah. Like, that, there is nothing better. And the NFL, it's so annoying, Mutt. It is so annoying how good they are at everything. <laughs> Like, why are they so good at everything? I it's, It has to be because they play once a week and, like, everyone watches. But, like, no other league even compares to the schedule release date. It's not, not even close. close. So they, they are just absolute geniuses when it comes to marketing their sport. Well, to the point where on Thursday when the schedule came out, we'll get to it here in a second, the impact and the stuff we like. Like, there was a sponsor for the schedule release day and a sponsor for the actual, like, the full – 
schedule. The NFL sold not one, but two sponsorships for the schedule of games going to be played. So I, I was into it. Uh, the, the week one lines are out. We'll get to those uh, coming up. Uh, my big takeaway from a Patriots standpoint is that we talked about this a little bit on last week's show. Like I was leaning under on the Patriots as it was. And when the schedule came out and they got to go to Arizona, to the Raiders, play Miami, play Buffalo, and then Christmas Eve against Cincinnati. That's basically their, their final five games, but it's not in order right there. They might lose their final four or five games of the year. They're not winning eight and a half games. I'm pa- six and 11, six and 11. Mike Francesa, lock it up. Wins and losses. Patriots are under eight and a half. That was my Patriots takeaway. Did the schedule wow. makers treat the Eagles well uh, in the schedule release yesterday? Uh, they did. It's crazy how easy, like last year was maybe the worst group of, you say easy. Hold on. You said, I want to save that. Tell me it's an easy schedule again. So we can have that on tape (laughs) beyond easy schedule. It's (laughs) like, I I can't believe, like, I I just keep going through it and I'm like, well, where's the top? All right. Lions, Vikings, Washington, Jags, Cardinals without D hop, uh, Steelers without a quarterback. Now Texans, uh, Colts with Matt Ryan, the Titans without AJ Brown, the Bears who stink, like, and the Saints without Sean Payton, and then the NFCs, which is the worst division. Well, not anymore. For a long time, it was the worst division of football. Now yeah. it's probably third, I would say. The NFC South, Brady being back, obviously ups their 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 standard a little bit, and the AFC South are also brutal. But like last year, again, it, it felt like it was the easiest group of quarterbacks I've ever seen this team go against. And they won nine games. And usually when you have a good year, you face a tougher schedule in the, in the year after. And the Eagles got the exact opposite. It, it's, it's, if not easier than last year's schedule, it's very comparable. I mean, last year's schedule had the Bucks and Chiefs on it. Like this, this doesn't even have, and the Niners, and the wow. Niners. They don't even have that this year. So uh, like their toughest games against Green Bay, uh, but it's here. And they're without Devontae Adams. So I can't wait to see what the, the Packers look like. Um, they'll they'll win that division again, but I can't wait to, to, to bet against them when it comes to big games because I don't know how they're going to score consistently. Like, who is going to be Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy this year? He, he made me make $51 million, but who's their guy that he can trust in that offense to, to put points on the board in a weapons league, Mutt? He doesn't have one. This is We're setting up like Aaron Rodgers is going to bitch and complain in a normal year. This is setting up for him to go on McAfee once a week and just sit there droopy like this and just be like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just an employee, Pat. You know, I'm just an employee of the team out there having fun. Like that, that I just, I just demanded the, I just demanded the most money in the history of the sport at my position. So I just, I just I made sure that it had to happen before the rest of the team could be built out. No. And, and obviously like he, the reports were he knew Devonte Adams was going to go move. And now the reports are of course, Oh, I didn't know Devonte Adams uh, was going to move. They have some serious issues. They have the, they're on the Patriots schedule as well early on. Patriots have to, have to go to Green Bay. I had that as a loss for the Patriots. But the way the Pat schedule goes, like it's it's early. Uh, it's going to be a, a tougher schedule early. Their first home game is week three against the Ravens. The middle of the schedule is easy. Lions, Browns, Jets twice in the course of four weeks, looted the bye week. But they're at the end. They come out of the bye. They play Thanksgiving to Arizona, to Vegas on Sunday night. That's a Monday night, Sunday night back and uh, forth. They got another Thursday night game mixed in there. Thursday against the Bills. They got Bills and Dolphins late. As I mentioned, Bengals on Christmas Eve, which was probably the biggest surprise uh, of the schedule that I saw. We, we know by the time the schedule came out on Thursday night, we knew most of the games. But I was surprised to see Patriots at some spot there on Christmas Eve. I know they play Saturday and Sunday this year because Christmas falls on Sunday. But they had the Bengals there. Could be a weather game. 
they did not get an easy schedule. Like, it's the exact opposite of the Eagles. There's a good stretch for the Patriots, middle of the schedule, to win four out of five, five out of six, somewhere in there. But then at the back end, there's a bunch of tough games. I will say it feels like the NFL thinks the Patriots are going to be interesting because they got the maximum six primetime games. Like, you want to look at, okay, what who are they putting on primetime? Well, they believe in Mac Jones. They must think that Bill Belichick still sells, even if I think that he's trying to build an offense for 1994, not 2022. And we find out this week, Matt Patricia. Yes, Matt Patricia or Joe Judge might be the guys running the offense of the Patriots, according to Mike Reese of ESPN. So the league is into the Patriots, all these primetime games. I don't think they're going to live up to it. I think they're one of those teams that we're, we're going to wish you could uh, flex out of some of these by the end of the year. The best Patriots game, the one I'm looking most forward to, is them going to the Raiders Sunday night, late in the year. McDaniels against Belichick, teacher, mentor, uh, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr. So Bill Belichick and look at what a team with a good wide receiver looks like on offense. That's the best Patriots game. Uh, I like some other games as well on the schedule. What about some of the primetime games and the other stuff on the schedule that stands out to you now that we had the whole thing in front of us for 2022? Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't know about you, Mutt. Obviously, we're excited for our teams. We we get that. Yes, yes. But I will say, well, I mean, you should not be that excited. Like, there's a very <laughs> limited ceiling for your football team. That's and, and honestly, having Mac Jones as your quarterback doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But oh, whoa, 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 okay. We'll save the Mac hate for a longer show. We'll save that. But I I, I believe in Mac. But go ahead. Uh, no, he's a very good backup quarterback. I got you. But um, <laughs> but but. I'm almost I'm almost more excited for the AFC West than I am like our teams. I, I, I the Eagles getting AJ Brown and and Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis is like that's up my excitement for this football season. But like the AFC West, I, I just I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see how it plays out. It's it's maybe the most loaded division that I can ever remember in, in the history of, of football. I mean, you add Russell Wilson to that, you add Devontae Adams to that, you have the Chiefs. I can't wait to see how they bounce back without Tyreek like I'm genuinely curious to see what they look like because I think Tyreek Hill is such a massive part of that team like I could totally see them taking a step back this year as they kind of reset oh, yeah. their roster and and try to build around Patrick Mahomes again and, and kind of rebuild a little bit so I'm curious to see that and and like the Chargers obviously we know Justin Herbert's unbelievable but now they have Bosa and Khalil Mack on the edges to, to go along with with all the offensive talent they have. So with that, that's always great. But a couple that, that stuck out to me, um, Chiefs-Bills. I mean, it was the game that revolutionized yep. football last year. That's um, the one I had down is the, the best non-primetime game. I'm sure CBS, you know, made, you know, flex their muscles. That's the best non-primetime game is Bills and Chiefs because Allen Mahomes, Jack, is, is, is always good right now. It feels they're not as, they're not as uh, accomplished as these two but it feels a little bit like Brady and Manning where you feel like, you know, you're watching the best two quarterbacks in the game right now. So I totally agree on that. game. Yeah. And the th it's interesting. Cause that's kind of how I felt with the, the chiefs, uh, the chief game last year is that this is the next Mahomes versus, or the next Brady versus Manning, except yeah. like these guys are cyborgs, you know, like Brady and Mahomes are, are Brady and Manning were unbelievable, but they were kind of tacticians. Like you, you watch Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, and it's like, it's like what are what are we watching? Um, so so Chiefs Bills, I, I just I can't wait for. It. And honestly, it was that game last year that everyone that didn't have one of those quarterbacks started questioning their own guy, and like it just made us all have that pit in our stomach. Hand raised. Um, it feels that way. You and I agree on this idea, this basic premise. And again, it's a bigger picture topic. 
the quarterbacks drive this league. And if you don't have one of the elite ones, you basically don't exist. You know, the Patriots, when they had Cam Newton, it's like they didn't even play that year. I think Cam can, I think, not Cam, Cam can. I think Mac can be in that mix, you know, towards the back end of the top 10. Are you a Jalen Hurts believer in Philadelphia, Jack? Or is this a put up or shut up year? Because you said easy schedule. We know he has weapons now and A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Is this, is this it? Last shot for Jalen Hurts. And if not, jump back into the draft and get one of the, I guess, five first-round quarterbacks we projected for 2023? Yeah, I, I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy. And honestly, part of the reason why I'm, like, skeptical to go all in on this team is Jalen Hurts. Um, like, I just – I don't see the arm. I, I, I have seen what great quarterbacks look like. Um, I, I've – like – We've talked about Bill's Chiefs. I've seen Mahomes. I've seen Burrow. I've seen Stafford. Like, I've seen these guys that can just fling the ball down the field. Justin Herbert, same thing. And and he just he struggles with doing that stuff. I think he's a really good guy. I think he's a great intangible, um, that kind of leader. But when I'm evaluating if he can be the guy going forward, like, he basically has this year before his, his camp is going to want a contract extension from this team. And I have little to no interest in paying him 35 plus million dollars, which is probably where the league is going with the quarterback position. So um, it's the one thing that has given me cause for pause uh, with them real quick. Two other games that I can't wait for Bengals bucks. Does it not feel like a, a passing of the torch? You know, Brady was the, the cool quarterback for a long time winner, yep. you know, uh, Mr. You know, cool, calm, collected, all that stuff. Yep. passing the torch a bit here to Joe Burrow. Uh, and I'm he seems like he could be the next Joe cool in a way. Uh, and I just think that watching those two kind of interact, actually, I wonder how the Bengals are going to be this year. They're such a, a, a franchise that has just been crushed for so long that last year felt like a, a perfect season for them. Like how do they bounce back off of that? Um, so I, I'm curious to see how they do. And then week 10, Carson Wentz's return to Philadelphia. It's gonna, I, I, if I could fast forward to one week of the NFL schedule, it's that just for how we're going to be at WIP here in Philly. And uh, we get Buck and Aikman. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, week one lines. I tried not to look at these because I'm trying to focus on what's in front of me and not what's four months down the road. I got a buddy who texted me today and said, I just bet X amount of dollars on the Broncos laying the points in week one. Like, really, you tied up your money for four and a half months, but they're out there. Uh, so, quick reaction off the top of your head. Rams, uh, Bills favored by one at the Rams opening Thursday. Love the Bills. Uh, I looked actually today. The <laughs> I, love the <laughs> looked, I, looked, I looked today. And now the, the Super Bowl champion coming off winning the Super Bowl is 3-0 and straight up in their last three starts of the season. But <laughs> how's that for a trend? How's that for a trend? But there is no way that Rams team is going to be able to handle winning a Super Bowl normally, especially in L.A. So give me the Bills in a revenge season. Bucks laying two and a half of the Cowboys quickly. Sunday Night Football. Uh, give me the Bucks. Give me the Bucks. Lock it in. And I feel like the the Seattle line for 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 Russ's return is too late. Give me give me the Broncos minus four and a half. That, okay, you and my buddy Shime on the same page. He's like, how, yep. how can you – how it's only four and a half revenge game for Russell Let's Wilson. Go. We have already Let's given go. you bets that we love for week one of the NFL season. That's what you get here on BetQL Weekend with Mutt and Fritz. Uh, what you also get is Jack being upset about his Philadelphia teams. Thursday was the Phillies. It was also the Sixers. Are we still trusting the process? We'll get to the NBA playoffs next. Mutt and Fritz, BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network.
Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Mud and Fritz hanging out BetQL Weekend. We appreciate you tuning in on the Odyssey app on your BetQL station or twitch.tv backslash BetQL. You can watch our beautiful faces talk about the world of sports condensed into an hour every single weekend here on BetQL. You can follow Jack on Twitter, Jack Fritz WIP. I'm at Mutt, M-U-T. W-E-E-I. So I don't so, think people no. want to follow me on Twitter, Mutt. Like it's a lot well, just I, melting down about the, about my baseball team and basketball I, I, team. I just started following recently, and I'm a big fan of your your sarcasm and your living dying with every single pitch of the Phillies in May, which is again probably it's conducive to uh, me laughing at it. I'm sure Philly fans uh, will like it as well, and non-Philly fans. So you're wrong. Right. Don't follow me. I'm boring. Follow Jack at Jack Fritz WIP on Twitter. Uh, it was tough to melt down about the Sixers on Thursday. Like I follow a bunch of people from Philly, your buddy, John Marks from uh, your show on WIP. And it's like, they were never in that game in the second half. It looked like they, I don't know, quit there late in that game. Like I can understand being upset about the Phillies almost blowing another one, but it was almost a fait accompli with the Sixers. They, they no showed in their game on Thursday night. They're done. And is the process over Jack Fritz? Well, the process is never over as long as the process himself is still here in Joel Embiid. And, like, people love to rip on the process, and I, and I get it. Like, it was something that revolutionized sports for a little bit there, and now teams are tanking more often than, than ever before. But they have just screwed this thing up so bad. Like, you have Fultz, you have Okafor, you have trading Zaire or trading Mikel Bridges for Zaire Smith. Like, what are we, what is, what is the thought process behind that? Um, they have just, they've, they, they had Jimmy Butler, they let him go. Um, and what we're left with is a, is a cooked James Harden, um, who has a $47 million player option to opt in this offseason, which is egregious. Wow. It is wow. unbelievable. And the thing that scares me is I feel like Maury and him had this kind of, uh, uh, handshake agreement like listen force your way out of Brooklyn and I'll give you the max so if you tell me Mutt that I have to sign James Harden to a five-year 250 million dollar contract this offseason you're doing the show solo pal like it's not <laughs> happening I, I refuse to let that happen so 60 61 million dollars to a 37 year old James Harden Mutt like like just it's 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 a disaster so I have never seen a playoff team quit and that's what happened last night. Like, I, I and Embiid has a broken face. He's a torn ligament in his thumb. Every time he shoots, he's basically just – it looks like a knuckleball, which, which shows you how bad his, his thumb is messed up. So, it's tough to, like, be too hard on Joel Embiid. But – and that's as a Sixers fan. Like, like Joel Embiid is my favorite athlete in the city right now. And, like, I need him to win for my own sanity because um, I think he's just remarkable. Um yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that if I was looking at the Sixers from the outside looking in and Joel Embiid hasn't gotten past the second round in his entire career, I'd be like, wow, that guy's not a winner. And then you pair him with the biggest <laughs> loser in sports in James Harden. And like, we can't, no wonder we can't win. So like, I mean, he, he couldn't get past anyone last night. Like he, like it's, it's unbelievable just how little explosion that James Harden has. You have Doc Rivers. I mean, if this wasn't the biggest indictment on this basketball team, but uh, I think it was like maybe late third, start of the fourth, they're in the huddle. And he's like, come on, guys. Like, 
want this. Like, just can you go go try to win? Hustle, and just, 110%. Give me your yeah, best. And, and they're obviously not breaking down like X's and O's in the in those. Like, they won't let that get out to people because that's like kind of unfair to other teams. So, sure. like, it's a pretty much only motivational speaking at that point. But he's like, fight for this. Fight for this. If that's not the biggest indictment on how your basketball team is made up, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the, the Heat took their soul. And I think the Heat are are not a very good basketball team at all. Like, just a bunch of good players, a bunch of good role players. And Jimmy is the leader of that. But that guy and that team, they are just tough. And they will outwork you. Like The, the Sixers got out-rebounded by P.J. Tucker last night, who is 37. Like, there was multiple times where the ball bounces off. He's getting it. Harden's just standing there for some reason. Uh, and Bede's kind of sucking the life out of the, the building with how with his injuries, which I get. It's like it's frustrating. This is the another playoff series that he's banged up, so it's got to be yeah. frustrating for him. And he wears his emotions on his sleeve. But it is uh, <laughs> it's teetering on on just absolute disaster here with the Sixers. Yeah, it's interesting to watch. Like, I, we, we talked off the air about the Doc experience. I saw it here in Boston. He just – he goes places and wears out his welcome. He is also, unfortunately for him, he's a good coach. He's won a championship. His playoff record, I think, sort of tells the story. But it's going to be part of his post-playing, you know, uh, uh, Wikipedia page is going to be considered one of the you know better coaches of his era who was a terrible playoff coach. And you saw it with the lack of motivation, obviously the injuries. The Harden thing – I'm watching the game last night. I'm like, he's not shooting much. He had two shots after the second quarter. And then after the game, oh, that was the offense. I just never got the ball. Like, I don't know what you do. I think you're right. I think they made a deal with the devil. Harden's going to be there. Do you have faith in this front office to turn it around quickly? Are they are they a contender next year with that same combo back of Harden and Embiid? If you assume, like you said, that they made a deal and Harden's definitely back at the max in 2022-2023. Well, he'll be back without the max i think regardless just because he has a player option so no matter what it's just like on top of that uh, is the wow. thing that uh, that i am terrified of um but the thing is like he had more turnovers in the second half of this series than baskets made oh <laughs> like, brutal. Brutal. Like, this is this is one of the five best scores of the last decade i mean this is a guy who won an mvp like an actual mvp and it's it's shocking the one saving grace is that um, you know, Maury's aggressive and I think he's going to try to obviously build around him. The thing that sunk the Sixers this year, in my opinion, was, was really their five through nine wasn't very good. Um, sure. you know, they, they traded Seth and, and Drummond to, to get him here. Um, and that killed a lot of their depth. So they're relying on absolute scrubs like Furkan Korkmaz and like Shake Milton had a good game last night, but he has been non-existent for most of the year. Niang can't play in the playoffs. He's pretty much just a shooter. So, you know, if they come back and, and Maxi takes it to another level, like he continues to do, and he can kind of be the second score if Harden's just going to be my point guard. So like that, that trio is, is still good enough to make the playoffs, but it comes down to, can you go out and, and get the proper talent around them? Can you go find another Seth Curry, go find a real backup center. So we're not relying on Deandre Jordan uh, in, in a playoff series. Uh, you know, Paul Reed, who I like a little bit. So they um, it's going to be their core for next year, at least. And it comes down to, Hey, can we, uh, can we get some actual pieces around these guys? But other than that, I, I hope that Harden's hamstrings banged up. Like I, that's honestly my hope. <laughs> that's the excuse something built in yeah yeah the uh you mentioned the heat i'm glad you used the word tough with the miami heat jack because 
We saw this a couple years ago with Celtic fans in the Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics were favored to get past the Heat in the bubble, which no one remembers. But like the Heat basically wiped the floor with the Celtics. And what stood out in that series and what stands out now is they are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like there's a legit culture in Miami. Like Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, they have built this thing where the sum of the parts is much bigger than the individuals on that team. And they're, they're the top seed. They deserve to be here. But in the Eastern Conference Finals, like, I'm going to be willing to bet against them. Because I, I think at some point, your talent is going to take you, you know, where you're supposed to go. And their program, their system, their toughness, their coach, I think Spolster is one of the best coaches in the league. I think that can run out against a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I think they're a good team, the Miami Heat, but I'm ready to bet against them in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I, I feel like they played sort of in the, I don't know, call it the, the JV side of the bracket in the Eastern Conference. And, and Bucks and Celtics, you know, was the varsity winner of that one, goes on to the NBA Finals. That's how I view it in the East. Yeah, and I'm with you. Um, you know, I think the Heat are, are obviously a, a good team, but without a real star, I mean, I think, again, I think Jimmy's good. And I think he's a good playoff scorer and he's going to go out and he's going to compete. He's going to be tough and, 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 that kind of stuff, but they also faced the Sixers who literally folded because of how tough the heat were. I don't yeah. view the Bucks that way. I mean, the Bucks just won a championship. Um, uh, I don't view the Celtics that way. I think the Celtics are a really tough team who, frankly, to, to me, Mud, I think they've outplayed the, the Bucks this series. It's just Giannis is, is still Giannis. And Giannis, been the best player. Giannis is the best player in the series, and it's not – Jason Tatum needs to be the best player for the Celtics, and Giannis is – He's outplayed him, you know, pretty clearly in many of these games. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, which has been shocking because I, I honestly felt like Tatum was kind of taking his game to a, to that. Well, yeah, Tatum outplayed Durant in the, the yeah. first round. I mean, he's, he's getting criticism now for the way he's played late in the Eastern Conference semifinals. But remember, he outplayed Durant for all that Brooklyn series. No one thought they would sweep it. I mean, there were a lot of people picking Brooklyn to win it. So uh, I'm with you. I'll be against the Heat uh, in the Eastern Conference final. But we do have one game seven we can talk about. How about the Dallas Mavericks? How about the Phoenix Suns? You've been sort of, I don't know if it's been an anti-Suns take from you or a pro-Dallas take, but you've been on this now for a week or so. I feel like you're going to lean with Mark Cuban and Dallas game seven over the weekend. I, I am. And I think the Suns are, the Suns have a Chris Paul problem to me. I, I, I believe that. And, and Chris Paul really looks 37 right now. Um, now, is that strictly off of him not getting eight assists last night for my same game parlay yeah it could be yeah. a little bit of, a little bit of an overreaction to that um but even before that like like he fouled out chris paul's one of the smartest basketball players i've i've been around or not i've never been around chris paul one of the smartest basketball players i've seen um you know he's played in the he played against jason kidd in the playoff series in 06 like he's been in tons of playoff games he fouled out in 23 minutes uh over the over last weekend um, he turned the ball over seven times in, in game four, I believe. So um, he just looks 37 out of nowhere because before that it was like, oh, Chris Paul's Mr. Fourth quarter. I think the Suns have a legitimate Chris Paul problem right now. He looks old. Booker can't do it by himself right now. Eight and I don't believe is ready for this moment. Even if the Suns win game seven, I still I can't wait 
to bet the Warriors against them because yeah. I've also seen what the Mavs have done from three. And I don't think the Mavs are an unbelievable shooting team. You know, I think that they have good shooters. You know, I mean, I think Reggie Bullock's a good shooter. I think Finney Smith's a good shooter. Yeah. Maxi Cleaver can do it. Um, Bertans, when he's not getting blitzed defensively, <laughs> is a great shooter. Um, Luca's funny because, like, I feel like Luca, every time I watch him, he misses, but he shoots 100 times from three. So, it, it, and it goes in every once in a while. Um, but I just look at that Mavs team and they remind me so much of the 2018, like 2019 ish Bucks team where it was like, okay, do they really have a second star to pair with their obvious superstar in Luka Doncic uh, and Giannis, which it was back in the day. And I just see their culture, their toughness, that they, they, they mask Luka's defensive uh, misgivings with a bunch of lengthy defenders. And I do believe Jalen Brunson can be their Chris Middleton. So it may not be this year, but I think the Mavs are, are going to be that team that we talk about in a year or two. It's like, okay, it's their time to win a title. So, um, what are you, I, hold I just, on. are you taking them in game seven against the Suns? That's next year. What about this year? Cause I, I, it's chalky. I think I, I, I told you a couple weeks ago, it's still the Warriors to me were the class of the West. And I was going to back them to get through to the finals. The Suns were the favorite going in. They're three ten right now. We'll be just over three to one to win yeah. the NBA finals right now. You probably, if you like them, bet them before game seven, because once they win, if they win, that number goes down. What are you doing with the Suns and Mavericks as a Mavericks supporter in game seven this weekend? I'm taking Mavs plus six. That's all. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to win outright, but I'll take Mavs plus six and feel pretty dang good about it. I think they're on a good roll right now. And even if the Suns win, I'll probably take the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Although, Mutt, like, it's been so weird. I can't figure out why the Warriors look so disinterested in in like they were down by fifty something the other day. It was like, wild. What is wild. what is going on with that team? They look disinterested. So I genuinely like maybe if you want to sneak it in now, maybe take the Mavs to make the make the finals. I mean, because I think the Suns aren't very good, and I think the Warriors they look disinterested. So the Mavs kind of have a lot of helium behind them. I, I know before the show we talked about this. You are interested potentially in jumping on the Bucks bandwagon now. You feel like if you if you if you like the Bucks at four to one to win the NBA championship, Giannis four and a half to one to win the Finals MVP. You feel like now, right now, is the time to jump on board. Yeah, uh, obviously we're doing this on Friday, so we don't know what happens um, in Game Six tonight, right? Is it yeah. Game Six? Um, so, but either way, I just don't know how the Celtics stop Giannis for, for two straight games, even if, uh, they come out victorious tonight. So, you know, if they get through the Celtics, I think they roll the heat. I don't think that the heat have anyone that can stop Giannis. And I just look at the Western conference teams. I don't trust any of them. Um, and even if the Mavs make it, I think Giannis kind of, so Giannis looks like he's back to last year's Giannis which is a, a problem for the rest of the league. And they're getting Middleton back soon. So, you know, plus 400 right now is, I think it's a good, a uh, good time to kind of jump on that. Yeah. And I do think that also plays into our anti heat pick, right? The idea, and I'm looking yep. at some of the odds right now, the heater plus 110 to come out of the Eastern conference. I'd be happy to bet against them uh, at that price. The NBA finals uh, have been wild. I NBA playoffs so far uh, have been wild. As you said, weird back and forth teams, no showing, uh, the Heat getting kind of an easier path. The Bucks and Celtics battling back and forth. Feel like collision course for Suns and uh, Warriors out west. Uh, it should be a lot of fun this weekend, and we'll have conference finals beginning next week. Plenty to talk about with the NBA. Uh, as for the Kentucky Derby, we were clo- we were so close. Oh, we were so close to getting rich here on BetQL with Epicenter. That did not happen. 
Jack sent me a mean text off the air, which is inappropriate, which I want to tell the people about. And you have a question about a bet that you made. Was it a good bet or a dumb bet? We're going to do all that when we come back here. Do not go anywhere. It's BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz. Keep it here. Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Rolling on here on BetQL Weekend, Mutt and Fritz getting you set for an awesome, awesome weekend. We're a week away from the Preakness, the second leg of the Triple Crown, which is, by the way, since Jack has no idea, Derby, Preakness, Belmont. We'll talk Preakness next oh, week. Oh, that's on not fair. That's not fair. I know the Triple Crown. You know, you know you're too stuck in your Phillies and your Sixers. Your head's in the sand. You're, you're looking at college baseball prospects. You're too busy doing that uh, to watch these races. Don't worry. I'm a degenerate. I'll watch these races for us. And I want to thank, real quickly, thank Thank BetQL, the suits at BetQL and Odyssey, our parent company. They were great all day Saturday promoting the derby picks. Mutt likes Epicenter. Jack likes Epicenter. At Mohegan Sun, the FanDuel Sportsbook, we gave out Epicenter. Had a great day. People saw the tweets, saw the video, listened to the show with you and Jack. Let's go Epicenter. Top of the stretch, Kentucky Derby. Here's Epicenter. Takes the lead. He's ahead of Zand on the 10 horse. In third is the 13 simplification. The trifecta I gave out on this show was 3, 10, 13 for a quarter of a mile. It is 3, 10, 13. I'm counting my money. I'm sending my kids to all the expensive colleges. I'm buying my wife a new car and a spa day. Just get away for a couple of hours so I can do hang out with myself. I'm there. I'm there. And then, and then like a blur, the 21 horse, Rich Strike, who got into the race on Friday morning at 9 a.m. when Dwayne Lucas scratched his horse, so the 21 got in. When they first heard, they said, oh, we're not going to run, then decided to run. He gets a crazy pace set up. He closes to win up the rail at 81 to 1. Did I have any backups with Epicenter who ran second? No. Did I have anything with the two horses I like, the three and the 10, with the 81 to 1 shot? The answer is no. We went from all the monies to none of the monies. And then you, you had the gall to text me at 1033. On Saturday night, Epicenter blew it, question mark. At 10.33 p.m., four hours after the race, our pick runs second, we lose everything, and you send me Epicenter blew it, question mark? That was uncalled for. You got to have a feel. You know, you got to have a feel for when my guy's down, when to really stick the knife in. So that's what we do on this show. Um, Yeah, no, they looking like – I guess since we are still new uh, with our, our burgeoning relationship here, um, yeah. I didn't really realize how into the horse thing you were. Um, and I'm starting to learn more and more about how into the horse <laughs> racing thing you are. Um, so I didn't, you know, I, I totally forgot about your trifecta. So I forgot that it wasn't just Epicenter blowing it. It was also everything else blowing it it was Dan um, on blow. no it was, it was me i didn't pay attention to the horse i if you gave me a hundred dollars and said bet anything you want i still would not have bet the horse 81 to one he was slow yeah. on paper he got a great setup to do it he's not even running in the preakness so there's no triple crown dreams are already dead we're not even a week after the derby it doesn't exist but it's a reminder in races like that there yeah. can be chaos and having a couple bucks is like insanity insurance sometimes can be a good thing but well, we didn't have that so we both we both ran second in the derby congrats to us yeah, I mean, listen, close. You know, we, I think we still have, we still had the right read. I will say that I still think we had the oh. right read. Um, 
Although, I just hope the, I hope, are, is that, I, I hope the horses had fun, Jack. Hope the horses had no, fun. I, just, I hope I hope that everyone had fun and 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 you had a brutal <laughs> weekend. But so I guess you could say that Rich Strike is bad for horse racing. I mean, the fact that he's just just respecting the Preakness is yep. is is pretty disappointing. You know, you want at least a shot at a Triple Crown. Like you want you want the the, the ex- possible excitement of hey, we can actually have we can sell the last race and the yeah. fact that rich strike is doing that. I mean, I think it's just a slap in the face to horse traditionalists like me and you. Yeah. Our producer Zach's asking about after the race, he was chomping on the, the, the outriders horse. I, I don't know what he was doing there. He's pretty pumped. I think he was, he felt disrespected not being in the Derby until Friday morning and going on to win. But I, I, I want to give the, I guess the, the connections of the horse credit. They, they want to do right by the horse. They didn't ever plan to win and run two weeks back. That's pretty rare in racing, but it's also, it's a little uncompetitive not to send the horse back. Now, uh, selfishly, I wanted him in, if, being honest, he's been a great bet against. He was no way he was winning the Preakness. He would have taken money because he's the Derby winner. So the Preakness will be run. It'll be a big full field of talented horses, but it's not going to have uh, the Derby winner. So now, should we double, we, is Epicenter running in the Preakness? Like, should we double Epicenter, down? as of right now, a week away, will be running in it. But it'll be, instead of being three to one or four to one or five to one, he's going to be nine to five. So he's... He's going to be a short price, but we got we got a week to decide. We got a week to figure that stuff out. We still have the Preakness crab cakes, football. That's what Maryland does, as well as the Preakness. Uh, you set off the air, okay? It's, we'll do more Preakness next week because Jack's like, let's do more horse racing on the show. That's it. The only um, the only thing to ask more of is if we can talk more NHL playoffs. <laughs> that too. I got well, I got a Bruins pick for uh, Game Seven on Saturday, so don't go anywhere. Uh, you texted us and said you have a bet. I don't know if it's a betting etiquette question. Or a, a, a be, what's your what's your question for the people? I'm dying to know this. Yeah, it's a it's a moral question. Um, obviously, moral. if you're getting oh. yeah yeah, it's, it's we get very deep on this show. Um, and I'll say like everyone that gets into sports gambling is obviously a fan of their teams. Yeah. And and we we watch our teams, but most people have a hard time. I feel like betting against their team. And last night, Mutt in the eighth inning. Uh, the Phillies were up seven one, and I, I saw it coming. I was like, I it got to seven three, it got to seven yep. three, and I was like, I know where this is trending. So I put money on the Dodgers live, just like as an emotional hedge. Yeah, is the emotional hedge a a bad look as a sports fan, or are you able to separate? I want to get some money back here. And I'll still be just as happy if my team wins the game. Cause that's all I really was trying to do, Mutt, was just try to, hey, I think they're gonna blow it. So I might as well try to take some some advantage of that. Um, but I'll obviously still be ecstatic that they won the game. That's my question. Is that fair or is that being a bad fan? First of all, it's fair. I don't think you're being a bad fan at all because what you're doing is you're trying to use your sports betting prowess to help your team win. Like, cause you, right. that, what you're really doing is you call it an emotional hedge, but it's also reverse psychology. All bet on the Dodgers and the Phillies will win. So there, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. We have callers at EEI that have said over the years, every week they bet a couple of bucks just against the Patriots. So if their team loses, they get money back. And look, I think if you're a professional better and you're listening to this right now, you're cackling at us for saying this because you would never do this, but we are fans first and better second. Yeah. So when it's fan first, I, I have no problem with the emotional hedge. In fact, I prefer it if you're a football fan because you're guaranteed your team wins or you win money. That's that's a pretty good Sunday where I'm from. 
Yeah, and and frankly, I I do it during football season. I, I see. I, like, I knew I'm, it. I knew I could tell. I could hear it in your voice. Big emotional hedge guy, but I had never done it with the Phillies, and I just I was sitting there as watching the collapse happen and giving myself literally almost a heart attack, just just enraged at one o'clock in the morning, like normal people do. And then I was like, well, well you know, I mean, it was like five to it was five to win fifty. Um, so whatever. <laughs> So I don't care. It worked. You should, you it should, worked. I, is this kind of, I kind of feel like uh, it's kind of like a humble brag. Like, Hey, Hey, Mutt, I bet against my team and they won. I, 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 that's my win last night. Now the Phillies win. That's a Fritz win last night. Yeah. But my bank account, my, my, my account keeps going down. You know, that's the yeah. problem is that you I can always, that's, that's, that, that's what that reload is button, right? That little deposit button. It, yeah. I, I won't, I won't pull any secrets, but the companies don't mind if you hit that deposit button and get back. In. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't aware. Well, they've been, they've been getting some, a lot of my direct deposits recently. Um, but <laughs> Hey, all it takes is one. All it takes is one. And if Chris Paul could get eight assists and to, and stop being 37 years old, maybe we'd be in a better mood today, Mutt. but I'm sitting here after staying up till two, watch my team blow a game off of a Sixers, their season ending, and Chris Paul not being able to get eight assists. You're lucky I'm even here, pal. You really are. So uh, I'll take well, the emotional, emotional hedge. You're here because we have part of the uh, Calvin Ridley can't miss parlay to end the show. I need 60 yes. seconds from you on my guy, Tom Brady. He just got paid $400 million to go to the booth for TV. I love Tom Brady. I picked Brady over Belichick. There's no bigger Brady Bobo than me in New England. And even I think he's going to have to change his demeanor. Like, if he's going to be the guy in the Jim Gray interviews, I don't think Brady's going to be good on TV. You're an outsider. Give me 60 seconds. Is Brady going to be good in the booth uh, with uh, Burkhart on Fox when his playing career is over? Well, I love Brady. I, I'm a I'm an outsider looking in, in that always appreciated Tom Brady. I love great athletes. And, you know, I was one of those guys where growing up, I didn't get to see Jordan, unfortunately. Uh, grew up, like, later Kobe, I would say. So, like, really seeing the true killer instinct, I started to appreciate more and more with Tom Brady. So I'm a Tom Brady fan. I think he's going to be good. I, I think the whole overreaction to the Jim Gray interviews and the, the Syria show, he does have a pretty good personality that we're like, honestly, yeah. if I get Tampa Bay, Tom, I'll take that. Uh, Cause yeah. New England, Tom's a different, a different kind of guy. Um, but it's still egregious. I mean, does this give us the negotiating power? I mean, we're, we're basically the same as Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Same difference. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, agree. I'm, I think the money shocked a lot of people when it turned people off with uh -huh. it. Just the amount of money. Again, it's a whole different four hour show. We could do about the money in sports media, which is people in sports media. We're not going to complain. All right. The Calvin really can't miss parlay. I will lead off Jack Bruins. One of three different game sevens on Saturday afternoon, four 30 in Carolina uh, line right now is oh, five and a half. I'm taking the over. In this game, both goaltenders are just eh. Carolina has been awesome in their building. The home teams are three and zero respectively in this series. I like a high scoring game. And remember, these game sevens, you pull the goaltenders because you're down, you get a few cheapies late. Over five and a half goals is my half of the parlay. Give us a second half of a Calvin Ridley can't miss parlay. Yeah, listen, uh, the the Bruins got to make sure they dump and chase well on in. in no, 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 no. Well, that's part of it. We're gonna get pucks in net. We're gonna win the battle in front of that. We're gonna do that for sure. Yeah. Yep. And we are we are gonna get we're gonna be, get there from the jump. Big first period, right out of the jump. Yeah. <laughs> Great day at the barn. Um, so I'm going to the to the baseball realm for my Calvin Ridley same game parlay. Ooh. And this is all a Saturday slate 
Give me the Brewers with Eric Lauer, who, if you're not paying attention, has turned into one of the best pitchers in the NL out of nowhere um, and just striking out guys at, a, as, at an a enormous rate. So they're facing the Marlins, who can't score. Give me the Brewers. Give me the Mariners on the road in New York. Now, oh, I know boy. the Mets have been playing oh, good baseball. This is strictly just so I can fire Zach next week again. Um, but they, <laughs> but they have they have George Kirby on the mound, and George Kirby I think is going to be unbelievable. Um, give me the D backs. Uh, they have Zach Gallon on the mound, who if you've been paying attention to the D backs, they have the third lowest starter ERA in baseball right now, and they stink. Like their offense is not very good. But they got Brett Strom from the Astros that's changed everything. And give me the Giants with Jacob Junis, who is going to be a pickup in fantasy and a guy to bet on going. All right, four baseball plays. We got a Bruins play as well. Uh, we hope your plays all weekend long, Saturday, Sunday, whatever you're betting on. We hope they are winning bets. We thank you for tuning in to BetQL Weekend. Follow Jack on Twitter at JackFritzWIP. I'm in Mutt, W-E-E-I. Jack, have a good weekend, buddy. We'll talk next week. You too, and I, I, I promise I won't ruin your Saturday night with the text this week, okay? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll, I'm not taking that bet. I'm guessing you will. We'll see you next week.